This is the UU Perspective with your host, Sharon Merrill. This is episode number 38 of the UU Perspective, where you hear weekly interviews from Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists that are changing the world. Whether you are a UU or a seeker exploring Unitarian Universalism, there is something here for everyone. So as you sit, walk, jog, or drive, enjoy the conversations you're about to hear. Our guest today is Peggy Gill, and she is a member of Horizon UU Church, and that is in Northern Texas. And she is the founder, creator of a program called the Candlelighters. And this is a program for people with early stage Alzheimer's. We're going to discuss with her, I want to find out how it began, what is happening with it and what the future is for the candlelighters. A little bit about Peggy. She's a retired professor of educational leadership. And during her career, she focused a lot on the needs of students with learning disabilities. And she continues to work with future teachers, but spends most of her time doing a lot of volunteer work. She currently volunteers teaching adult ESL classes, along with working with candlelighters, and she is also in Role Belize, helping teachers learn the skills to be successful in very challenging conditions. So let's get to it, and here is Peggy. Welcome, Peggy, to the show, and I've already given everyone a little bit of information about you, but I'd like you to go ahead and say a little bit about yourself and your involvement in the UU community. Okay, thank you, Sharon. Uh, I have only been a UU for, to me, a relatively short time, about maybe five years. And we lived in Tyler, Texas, and were basically not going to church and moved to the Dallas-Fort Worth area and realized, starting, that we needed a way to make friends. And my husband and I had always had a difference of opinion about a religious community And he was very adamant that he didn't want to be in any traditional community. So we dropped, did the search on the web, as everyone does, I guess, nowadays, found Horizon here in Carrollton, Texas, and visited and found that it was a perfect place for us in that we had slightly different worldviews. And this was a place that we could both participate and feel welcome and understood and find other like-minded people. And so we've just jumped in with both feet into the UU community. We were like, I hear many people. I had heard of UU, but had no idea specifically what it was. And the more that we've become involved, the more we've realized that these are the values that we want to support. We are very uh, definitely interested in social justice issues and issues of equality. And this is a place that we can use our talents in small ways to make a difference. So we are definitely committed here. Um, We're both retired now. And I was formerly a professor at the University of Texas at Tyler and taught people that wanted to be principals in the public schools. But my love was special education. And so I've tried to find ways as I've left 
full-time employment to continue to implement what I know about working with people who learn differently, what I know about people who are not totally understanding what's going on and make a difference in my community. Wonderful. And so is that kind of also what led you to start the candle lighters? Sort of. What led, because I had the expertise, I, DRE had left and I had, because of my background, I, she had taken another job. And because of my background, I had offered to be acting DRE while we did the search. And during that time, one of our members stood up in church. We did the joys and sorrows verbally with different members standing up. And one of our members stood up and said that she and her husband wanted the congregation to know that her husband had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and she was asking for support from the congregation. And her initial support request was for men to come together and do things with her husband that she could not do. And so we tried to get that in place, but it didn't work as well as we would hope. And so I I started thinking about what I would want if I had Alzheimer's. And I decided that what I would want was a fellowship of other people, not not a support group or not just a support group, not an opportunity to let my spouse do something without me, but a place that I really belonged. And so I went to this person and asked her if it would be okay if we tried to start this, and she was excited. She, she said that she didn't know if her husband would come. So then I went to four or five other people in the church that I knew also had a spouse with Alzheimer's at some stage and asked if they would participate in this group looking for a time. And uh, every one of them said, well, yeah, but I don't know if my spouse will come. <laughs> I don't know if they'll like it. And we decided that we'd just try. We, we didn't know anything. We didn't have anybody supporting us. It was just a typical UU response. There's a need out there. Let's see what we can do. And so then I found volunteers, and we started. And after the first week, our members will not, and our volunteers, no one misses. Unless they've got a doctor's appointment or are deathly ill, they come, they smile, they laugh. And it's just been a wonderful program. And so what is the main intention of the program? Uh, Because my background was education, I looked at what every teacher in the world, or if you've taken basic psychology, has seen, and that's Maslow's Pyramid. Like, What are the things that people need? And they need to feel safe. They need to feel uh, a sense of belonging. They They need to be working towards... Uh, learning new and different things. And so rather than approach the group as these people have Alzheimer's, I approached, and my husband and the other people that helped me, approached the group as though these are people first. And what does any person need, regardless of their difficulties, regardless of their disabilities, what does every person need? And so we we structured a four-hour program each week around that so that we have a time when we share, like a check-in. We have a time when we do something physical because we all need to have a physical component. We we do Tai Chi and sometimes yoga. And we have a time where we have lunch and take our food. We have a time where we do games or activities. 
Uh, and so if you looked at the group and what we do, it looks no different than any group for anybody because we are approaching everybody with what talents they have rather than what disabilities they have. Are the people who participate in different stages of Alzheimer's as far Slightly as... different, but okay. uh, you must be able to take care of your own toileting needs. You must still be verbal and you must be able to uh, relate to other people. So we don't have people in the later stages. That's not what this program is for. I didn't know this, Sharon, and maybe others did, but there are about five to six years where there is decline in people with Alzheimer's. Maybe they can't work anymore. Maybe they can't drive anymore, but they still want friends. They still want to do things. They still want to share their story, and that's the group that we work with. All right. And how is it then for the spouses? The spouses are frequently our transportation people, and they, they tell us that they are so grateful that their loved one has something that's theirs again. Most of these people were very uh, well-educated or are very well-educated. Most of these people had very high-level jobs and were very in- involved in their communities. We, had, we have a neonatal nurse. We have a biochemist. We have... Uh, an uh, aeronautical engineer, people that were used to having very full lives. And so the spouses, what happens is for someone with Alzheimer's, once they can no longer work and they can no longer drive, their life shrinks to whatever size their house or apartment is and whatever things their spouse can provide. So what this does is gives four hours a week that No one cares whether they have Alzheimer's. We don't talk about Alzheimer's, although people joke about it sometimes. But for four hours a week, it's just a group of people getting together and having fun. And they had totally lost that. And it's so sad to think of that we we have things for people that where they need to go into assisted living, but we don't have anything that reaches out to those people in that beginning stages that are fun things. We have uh, memory in the making here in Dallas, which you come with your spouse and you do pictures and talk stories. But that still means your spouse has to come. You're still the Alzheimer patient with your spouse. And we have nothing that just says, we want you to come here and be with us and share your stories with us. Sometimes it's hard for people to talk. Everybody's patient. We just, we just have a great time. And what are some of the activities that they enjoy doing? Well, they enjoy doing anything. They're just the nicest people in the world. But uh, on Friday, we played balloon volleyball. And so we just string some string across the center of our meeting room. And we have a balloon. And we just divide into teams and play volleyball. We argue over whether it went over the net. We argue over whether you hit it too many times. We play fun. We do it with the. We we also do it sometimes with a ball, but the balloon is a bit more forgiving, and we change our rules sometimes. You can hit it as many times as you want, but but we have fun just like anybody has fun, and we find we we do alter things to make fit our needs. But we made we cut out pumpkins also, 
on Friday because our church was having a fundraiser, pasta, where we bid on items. And one of the things you do is decorate your tables. So we agreed to help decorate the tables. We do try to do service projects that are within our capability. So this turned out to be a service project where we cut out pumpkins. And I don't know about you, Sharon, but I hadn't cut out a pumpkin in years. And we just we just had a blast. And, you know, we just, we help each other. If one person can do one thing and somebody else can't, we just find ways to get together. Oh, that's great. So are, is this available just to church members, have outside community people come in? No, it's a, no, anyone can come. It's about half and half because we started at Horizon and Horizon provides us the space. But we do have people that come. We try to let the support groups that are out there know about us. Uh, and it's it's the strange, it's, ha- it's hard to get people to try us because they don't think their spouse, their spouses are so protective of their person with Alzheimer's. And they're a bit hesitant to just bring them somewhere. So what we do is we ask the spouse and the person with Alzheimer's to come the first time together so that the spouse stays the whole four hours, sees what we do, and has some idea if this is something that she thinks her, his or her loved one can actually enjoy and participate in. Uh, and then we also take the person that is diagnosed aside for a while. And my husband, who was a psychologist, does just some very basic testing to be sure that they could verbally keep up with us at this point. Once you're with us, you can stay as long as you could possibly come because at that point you formed friendships and everyone understands, but we want you to start out able to participate at some level. And uh, we are looking for ways to uh, increase. We would like to start other candlelighters programs in other Churches are just ideal because you frequently have space and you have volunteers. But it could be in a community center. It could be anywhere. There's no religious component to candlelighters. And it that just never comes up. We, we just don't even think about that kind of thing. So, But it could be anywhere. It doesn't have – there's a limit. You, you don't want more than about 10 to 15 members with your volunteers because you want to be able to give time. To each one, and the other thing is that there's there's a loss of members different from other programs. Uh, we've had two members die this year, and it's so that you have to be prepared for that sadness. We've had two go into assisted living, one of whom can still participate, one of whom can't. So it, it's a changing group, and somehow that very changing helps our members that are still there deal with what they've got to deal with in their lives, which is absolutely overwhelming, but in a way that that promotes their growth and understanding. Right. How long has the program been going on? We've been doing this for two years, and we were very fortunate uh, at the time that I said I started it with my husband and some volunteers. We had a director of lay ministry, uh, Mariana Seaton, who just supported me so much. And, and she helped me understand that if I start this, it's got to continue. You can't go into people's lives and just do it for a while, you know. So, uh, and then we had a, an intern minister, Lissa Jenkins, who saw this as an opportunity to incorporate in her studies as one of her major projects. 
So she joined us with all of her knowledge and all of her support. And it was just one of those perfect times where everything comes together. Have any of your volunteers been interns or college students that are studying that field at all? Not yet, and I hadn't thought of that, to be honest with you. Our problem is that we have more people that want to be volunteers that we, than we can take. <laughs> so uh, because we meet on Fridays from 10 to 2, I hadn't even thought about college students, but that's a great idea just because they would probably enjoy the opportunity. What happens is that you fall in love with both the group and the people you're working with, and you don't want to leave. So um, that's been our biggest challenge is we have many more people who say, I would sure like to help. And they can come in and help with an activity. But so far as being a full-time volunteer, we are overstaffed, to say the least. Oh, wow. Those are the people that need to start a new group somewhere else, you know? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. And you want to have uh, more groups out there, but have any other groups started yet? Or is that Not, still? They haven't actually started. We've okay. had... Two presentations from people trying to uh, get them started off the ground. Uh, Lisa Jenkins, the intern minister who is now a UU minister, is putting together a, like, candlelighters in a box. <laughs> and we're going to put together a, a guide and some sample activities and an entire program how you would start this so that she can then go to churches this is a problem that's out there. I mean, it's in all our churches. It's in all our communities. And if people just knew more about this. So we're hoping to literally put candlelighters in a box and then she could be the contact that actually goes to the churches, for UU churches anyway. And if we could get it started through UU, then it becomes a possibility to reach out to many other groups. Yeah, that'd be great to have that spread around the country to have that service. I really, th and I think it's going to happen whether it's candlelighters or something else. I think that we're not the only people that are seeing that this is a gap in service. And you, you've contacted the Alzheimer's Association? And we have, and they're in the process of, the, the challenge with the Alzheimer's Association is that we're into bureaucracy when we get with them. So that they require forms to be filled out. They require medical release type things. And when you put that that many hurdles in front of a family that's already dealing with things, it's very difficult. So we're working with them to say, can we, for our organization, we don't mind having a form we fill out, you know, and keeping track of who comes, but we really don't want to go into the having to get a doctor's release to come and those kinds of things. Or even if they just put it up as a, just a resource. Exactly. And we've asked for that, too. We'll see where we go. And there's bureaucracy there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's true. That's true. Oh, well, hopefully that'll, that'll work out, too, then. I think so. I really do. I mean, they want, they want people to be, have opportunities to do fun things, too. And, and we're very supportive of the, the association, and we participate as a group in their walks. You know, the Walk for Alzheimer's Candlelighters has a group. So. Oh, all right. Wonderful. And what's the biggest change that you've seen since you began this project? Uh, well, we've gotten lots of attention in the church. And I think one of the changes that we've seen in our church is an awareness that there are small things you can do or that seem like small things. There are needs all around us. We sometimes get caught up in the what Lissa, our intern minister, called the 
sexy kind of social justice issues like gay rights and uh, the climate. But there are smaller, they're not smaller, there are issues that are right in front of you that we can make a difference. And I think seeing candlelighters go so well that that has changed some of the focus of our church on on how we can actually be active and involved. And what is probably the biggest impact that you've seen? I, I value small impact, okay? I have seen people who were sitting at home come every week, be funny, laugh, share stories. Uh, and it's just, I've, I've seen people be touched. And I've seen volunteers who have expanded their knowledge and have expanded their their support of people. You know, that that yes, someone with Alzheimer's is different and maybe they can't talk as well and maybe they forget things, but that they still are people who have so much to offer. And it, it changes the volunteer as much as it changes the person. I see spouses that feel like they've got four hours a week where not only do they have some time, but their their loved one is having fun somewhere. And they are, we also know that in times of trial, this group has become very close so that, as I said, we had two members die this year. The group stood up. Um, at the end of every meeting, this we sing, we are the champions. Yeah, it, we're a little bit into queen and the lighters. So we sing the verse from we are the champions. And so at the memorial service at the very end, we stood up and sang, we are the champions. And it truly touched everybody in the sanctuary. I mean, we're not good singers, by the way. But we have enthusiasm and it let everybody know how important every person is in our church, regardless of, we talk about being inclusive, but sometimes we only want to be inclusive when it means something like transgender or something that's big. And we're talking about being inclusive because there's a person right here in front of us that is having struggles. And how can people find out more about this or, you know, to even start one up themselves in, in their community? Well, we would love to have them contact us. And horizonuu.org does have a website that has some information about candlelighters. Uh, but you can also email me at it's Peggy Prof, P-E-G-G-Y-P-R-O-F, at gmail.com. And what we would do then is either get you in touch with me or with Lissa, who's putting together the packaging, and help you start. We will come and help. We will let you talk to our members. We have some videos where you can see some of the activities we do. Uh, and it, I know that when you hear it, it sort of it sounds a bit overwhelming. And the reality is, it's the easiest thing I've ever done. Absolutely the easiest thing I've ever done. It just runs itself. Your volunteers start coming up with ideas. Your people in the group. Uh, we had a member on Friday say that now he would like that those that were interested to spend a little bit of time every week or every other week talking about end-of-life issues. Uh, he's one of our more verbal, and what, but it, that's important to him. And we had about three or four people say, I'd like to do that too. So your members will come up with ideas. And where could they talk about that except with us? 
you know, where could they do that? They, they can't sit with their spouse. They can give the basic outlines, but, but not explore all of it. So uh, I hope someone does get in contact with us. We, you can call our church. The number's on the website. And we just leave a message that you need Peggy Gill to contact you. And I'd be glad to do that, too. All right, great. Yeah, we'll we'll have that in the show notes too to make it easy for everyone also. So, Peggy, would you share a favorite quote of yours and how it inspires you? Certainly, I have many favorite quotes, but the one that's related to this particular issue is that it's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. And thus we have our name of our group, we are candle lighters. We can't solve all the problems, but we can do what we can do. <clears throat> and I see too many people not taking that first step because they can't do it all. And I think this lets us know that, no, we can't do it all. But what we can do, we should do. All right. Wonderful. Thank you for that. And the last question I have is, how is Unitarian Universalism as a religious denomination uniquely positioned to serve and impact society? I think we're uniquely positioned because we are grassroots organizations. We tend to function as grassroots organizations. We don't have that huge bureaucracy that keeps us from speaking out. We can let people know what we believe. We can let people know that there are other ways to look at issues. Uh, we, we can provide an opportunity for those in our local community or in the wider world to examine issues and come up with their ideas. It's just important in North Texas where we're located, we're a very conservative state and we're not going to change that whole state, but we do have a voice that brings up issues that have you thought about, that lets people start to perhaps expand their thinking on issues. And that even if you just come to the position, there are other views about this. That's a huge step. And we have a people with all kinds of energy ready to step out and do something. So I have found, I, I interviewed someone last, on Saturday night, just about our church, but, but some of the answers I got, which really touched my heart, were it's a place where I can find friends that feel, that feel like me. So we can, we can grow. We can bring them in. It's a place to do social justice. We are positioned as a place that people can come to actually do social justice work. And there are people out there that want to do social justice work, but just don't know where to start. So I think we offer a portal into bigger and better things. And it can be individual, which is nice. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Peggy. I appreciate you taking the time out today to to be with us and to share about the candle lighters and good wishes for that to continue and to expand into other churches, too. That would be so great. So something that's needed. Well, thank you so much. And I, I have enjoyed spending this time. It's always nice to think back on the whys, you know. How did I get here? Right, right. Exactly. All right. Well, great. Thanks so much.
Thanks again for listening to the UU Perspective. And I really appreciate the fact that you do take time out of your day to listen to the episodes. And please feel free to leave a comment, especially on this episode, for those of you who are affected by loved ones who do have Alzheimer's. I know in our family, uh, my aunt, she had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's in her mid-50s, and it's been about eight years or so. And we're still dealing with that. So please leave a comment and your thoughts and feelings and whether you're involved in any programs such as the candle lighters. And again, feel free to contact Peggy if you're interested in creating a group in your area. So if you have any questions for me or comments, again, you can do that at questions at uuperspective.com. And I want to give a shout out to Elizabeth Gustwick, who has given me all the latest interviews that you've been hearing. Uh, if you've noticed a lot are have been from Texas. And so real heavy on the Texans this, this past month or so. So please feel free to let me know anyone you would like to have interviewed. And I certainly will reach out to those people or even if you would like to be interviewed. Everyone has something to say. So again, have a great week and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.